Well, hello, everybody. Welcome to another edition of From Beacon Hill to the 413. And I have to tell you, I want to thank everybody. I want to thank Westfield Technical Academy. I want to thank you, my friend Les. I want to thank Pete. I want to thank Kenny. And I certainly want to thank my, my guest for today's show that I'm going to get to in just a few seconds. But I kind of want to begin like I do every month with just a little bit of background on the show and really the purpose. You know, for the longest time when I was a state representative and now a state senator, one of the things that I heard over and over again is we just don't know what's going on in politics. A lot of people follow national politics, a lesser amount, but still a good amount of people follow local politics, but state politics a lot of times is what falls through the crack, if you will. So that being said, approached about this show as an opportunity to, to really kind of just give folks an insight into what we do down in Boston and a lot of the issues that come up. And, and my thought has always been, let's get the people who are the subject matter experts, the people that are in the news, the people that lead on so many of these issues, and let's just have a conversation. And that really was the genesis from Beacon Hill to the 413. Now, I've got a phenomenal guest today, a guest that I am a really big fan of myself. Um, I think doing just absolutely remarkable things in the new role. So I'm going to read a little bit of background on my guest today, but I'm going to give you a little spoiler alert and tell you who it is. It is Dr. Linda Thompson, the current president of Westfield State University. We are absolutely ecstatic to have her again because I have to tell you, just for myself speaking, selfishly speaking, it's an absolute honor to represent Westfield State on Beacon Hill. I do it as a senator now. I did it as a state representative before. And there's just so many good things going on up there. And I know the president has a vision to even take it and make it that much match what's that much larger. So as is customary here, I don't want to mess up anybody's background. So I'm just going to read verbatim from this form that my kind office provided for me. So Dr. Linda Thompson is the 21st president of Westfield State University. Prior to joining the Westfield State community in July of 2021, she served as Dean of the College of Nursing and Health Sciences at UMass Boston. President Thompson has also held leadership positions in public policy. In Baltimore City, Maryland, she served as Director of Occupational Medicine and Safety and developed programs and policies to promote the health of the city workforce, including the implementations of policies for HIV prevention and substance use and abuse. At the state level, she served as Special Secretary of Children, Youth, and Families, where she developed programs and policies to improve quality of care for vulnerable populations of children. President Thompson has published more than 100 articles, books, chapters, and abstracts. She has secured over $70 million in sponsored grants and contracts and capital campaign and new construction funding. She has received numerous awards was an invited participant in the White House Conference on Child Care, and has served on numerous boards and commissions. Dr. Thompson earned her BSN and MSN degrees at Wayne State University and master's and doctoral degrees in public health from Johns Hopkins University. Dr. Thompson, such an honor and privilege to have you. Welcome. Sure. It's my pleasure to be with you uh, this afternoon, Senator. You're one of my favorite uh, politicians. Well, I appreciate that. Thank yeah. you very much. As, as I said kind of in the intro, I just think there's so many 
really just cool things going on up at Westfield State. Um, so I guess I'm just going to begin with the basics. So how do you like it so far? You know, the th- I, I have really enjoyed being at Westfield State University and being out here in Western Massachusetts. The, the thing that has been so wonderful about being in this area are the people. People have been um, so, um, so embracing of, of helping me to navigate this part of the, the state. And the thing that has been uh, great is so many of the Westfield State alumni who have come up to me in different parts of the country and just said they wanted to get more involved and they wanted to know more about what we were doing. The, the love of our campus is just so amazing, and I, I feel so privileged to be at a university that was started in 1839 with a mission to educate people of how to participate in governing in a new country, and that was just so important um, and so interesting for me to, to be part of, of an institution that has such a long and and wonderful legacy. It absolutely does. You know, I have to be honest with you. It's I like yourself come across a lot of people and there's there's been two observations that I've made recently and I was thinking about this in preparing kind of for our for our back and forth. You've been here now a little bit of time and I have yet to meet a single person, not one. Forget about two, not one that has had anything but the best things to say about you. And, and furthermore, about a month-ish ago, you and I had the opportunity to kind of collectively speak to student government. And one of the things, I went second, I went after the president, and one of the things that I was taken aback by, and you can always tell a great deal about a president of, a, of a, some type of institution of higher learning. And the first thing you said is you talked about the tuition for the students and, you know, just availability to make higher education more affordable. And, and I could see, I was paying close attention to the students, the members of the, you know, student government, and they just were paying rapt attention to what you had to say. And I thought that was so just remarkable that you led with that because, I mean, the cost of higher education is, it's tough. It, you know, the, our, our students, the students who choose to come to Westfield State are, either middle class or, or uh, they're the first generation uh, um, to go to college. And when you think about access to higher education, it's so important in, in terms of how their future life will be. And a lot of young people are afraid to take out loans. Yeah. They are afraid to, um, you know, to, 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 to go to college without knowing how they're going to pay for it and then pay for all of the other things that they have to pay for. So figuring out a way that we can increase scholarship support, loan forgiveness, giving young people jobs where they can also get tuition covered and, and, and work experience has been one of the number one priorities for me. Uh, uh, talking to people about scholarships, uh, I've, one of the things I said the first day I started, I need at least a, a thousand people to give me a thousand dollars so I can raise a million dollars for scholarship support for students. And people have embraced it. Even the students who graduated this year gave me a thousand dollars so that we can begin to figure out this, this important thing. But, but yeah, they need to, 
to be able to develop the skills, the critical thinking skills in order to navigate and work in in the high-tech industries. They need to feel comfortable being able to come to college and pay for it, and that I I have made that my uh, number one priority. And that's that's absolutely remarkable, and I think it speaks volumes about you as an educator and, and as a person. But I, And I probably should have started here because your background, some of the stuff that you've done, particularly in Baltimore, I remember the first time that I met you, and, and I was probably wrong in doing this, but when I heard Baltimore, I immediately said, what, did you watch the show The Wire? <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> and I just immediately, because in my opinion, that's like the greatest show of all time and one of my favorite shows. But talk to us a little bit about your background, how you kind of ended up at Westfield State. It's not, it's not your... It's not your everyday kind of background that leads to where you are today. Sure. You know, education for me was my ticket out of poverty. I grew up in a very uh, poor household. I lived in foster care for years. I, My uh, two sisters who were older than me did not, uh, they were, one was a teen mom, the other one, you know, what? Uh, got involved in drugs and and died at a very early age. And for me, education was my ticket. Uh, And so I really wanted to focus on developing young people. Uh, And and so as a a graduate student, I paid attention to the, you know, how do we develop programs for for young people to help them develop in a a positive way. When I... uh, and so I looked at uh, how to prov- – it wasn't just the negative things, but what are the – what is, does the science say about how do we help people to become developmentally healthy and sound? Sure. So I uh, – all of the writing and the research that I have been involved with has been in promoting positive development for children and youth. And as you look at positive development, that is what I do as an educator – is put systems in place to support young people so that not only do they learn, but they thrive and they can flourish when they graduate from from college. Uh, And then I was looking at young people who were also in high school. I had um, the opportunity, the privilege when I was in college to uh, work with uh, an elected official. I got involved in, in, in... and politics in Baltimore worked for mayor. I learned about how to get constituents engaged and how to do organizing of people, how to do polls and surveys. I was able to uh, provide counsel to the to the mayor about what was important to people in in the city and develop s- programs around that. And then. As I got more involved in it, I got involved in the in the, the race for governor and and had a chance to be involved in in talking to to all of the different people who were running for governor and provided advice to the mayor of who I thought we should support. And that person won. And 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 I I just love doing that, getting to know all of the people in various parts of the city and various parts of the state to understand how do you get people to come together with consensus. And those skills have been the best skills to use when you're looking at running a college or running a university because everyone doesn't agree. What you have to do is figure out a way that you get uh, people to come together 
understand the differences and figuring out a way that is going to be healthy for us to move forward. So that's the approach I've used in all of my positions, consensus building, listening to people, and getting and, and being able to share what the majority of people uh, were concerned about and thought, which is what I did here. I spent 100 days listening, listening to people and putting together a plan based on what I heard. I wish that we could just, and I guess we can, but that, that response right there was just, we, we just need more of that in this nation going out, talking to people from all walks of life, people that bring different circumstances and backgrounds um, together. And as you were saying that, I was thinking to myself, I literally see you almost everywhere. I mean, in many respects, you have the circuit of an elected official um, and just all over the place. And that just, that was just so refreshing to hear. Um, How do you like it so far? You know, I, I really, as I said, feel so blessed there's so much I can do. You know, I feel like I want to do so much. The, the thing that is, is uh, you know, daunting at times is the, you know, you know our, um, everybody is, is scrambling for a small number of young people who are graduating from high school uh, today. And one of the things that I love about Westfield is we're an affordable uh, option for people and we look like a private institution. We, our, our grounds are beautiful. Our, you know, our, our buildings are, are, are new and, and inviting. We have programs that are not only important but are needed for society. And we care about every student who comes to our campus. And so young people who come, they will, they will be welcomed. Uh, it's you know our classes are small. They're not large classrooms that you would get in a in a university that has forty fifty thousand people. And I graduated from a large uh, a university with a large number of students, so I was one of two hundred. You come to our our university, you're one of twenty five when you go into a classroom. So that individualized attention that young people get from a faculty member. Our classes are taught by our professors, not by by uh, uh, you know research assistants. So the that's one of the things I love about our campus. It's beautiful, it's affordable, and it's a good value for uh, for your price. What percentage? And I'm at, is it kind of the breakdown demographically, but really geographically? You know, where? Because I feel like all of my colleagues, I feel both in the House and the Senate, will have approached me at some point in time and said hey, such and such, it could be a son, a daughter, a brother, or a sister that goes to Westfield State. Where, where, are, where are folks from that attend Westfield State? You know, one of the, the things that I've learned as I've been uh, on Westfield State's campus is we are one of the few universities that attract people from all over the state. Oh, for sure. Even though we're a regional uh, uh, university, our, our students, a large number of our students come from the eastern part of the state, we have a good number of students who come from Connecticut. Um, so I would probably say about 40% of our students are coming from other parts of the state and, wow. and outside of the state. We, uh, we're close to Boston, two hours away, so a person can feel like they're getting away from home 
and then they can get home pretty easily. So that's the you know the attraction, but but our population really represents the state, not just the you know this area Absolutely. of, of uh, Massachusetts. Yeah, I mean it's it, it's amazing. You can always tell too. It's uh, it, it's great because we always we always have the my, my colleagues from Eastern Mass will always joke around about. I should say I was going to say my, but really our accent. You know, and and it, it kind of a lot of us sit from Western Massachusetts look back at them and say, really, you're you're talking to us about that you, with the with the Boston accents that you have. But it's it's so refreshing to in Westfield. There's just such a large contingent of folks from from all over, all over the state, but just really diverse in any number of ways. And, and that's to me, that's 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 the best way to be. Bring people together again from all different walks of life, different experiences. Um, now, but I have to ask. I mean. July 2021, I mean, in the midst of this global pandemic, I mean, talk about baptism by fire. How's that been? <laughs> but, you know, the COVID has been really a problematic for everyone, I think, in this, in the, in the world. Yeah. The, the thing that, um, you know, for, for the last couple of years, people have been living, uh, working from home and really worried about this, this a virus or this pandemic, uh, or an infectious disease that pe- that we had never heard about before. Yeah. The thing that has been the the hardest for young people is the isolation. Uh, a lot of young people lost their last two two years of high school or their first uh, year of uh, and a half of college, and so there. What what we're finding or what we're seeing is a lot of social emotional adjustments students when uh, wanted to all graduate together because they felt this urgency and this need to be together i i i think that th- there was lost opportunities for learning because they they had to, we had to pivot and use more um, technology for education but the the thing that i that I think there were a lot of things we learned. We learned that we could teach using technology. A lot of people didn't believe they could do that. We learned new ways to communicate with people. And we, we also, I think, uh, learned how science in this country is so robust. It was less than a year when we created a vaccine. It took years to create a vaccine for polio and to create vaccines for other diseases. So I think the, the scientific community really stepped up and, and really were involved. But I think the, the thing that, um, that we as a society need to learn how to do better in the future is how to live with, with unknowns, how to – we need to learn how um, – you know, there's certain things that we probably never thought about in terms of shaking hands, touching our face, and doing things like that. But we learned, and I, uh, I think the other thing is, is we are learning also how to do better with providing mental and behavioral health services to young people, uh, and we need more of it. That's one of the things that. I know you talked about with our students when you came to campus, our students shared with you some of their concerns, and I appreciate you uh, 
listening to them and wanting to do something about it. The governor paid attention to the presidents telling, telling them this is a number one priority for us because our, our young people had a lot of issues with this pandemic. So we learned a lot. We are learning how to develop systems and put programs in place, but I really don't want to live through that again. No, I know. It's funny you say that about kind of the, some of the mental health stuff. I had the absolute honor yesterday of, of hearing the, at the, uh, in, in Springfield at the United Way's kind of um, 100-year anniversary, and former Mayor de Blasio of New York City's wife was the keynote speaker um, from Springfield, went to Longmeadow High School. But, you know, one of the things that she said that really had an impact on me was she said, you know, the one good thing about COVID, um, and that almost sounds like it's an oxymoron, but the one good thing is that it really raised awareness about an issue, mental health, that was so very troubling before, obviously exacerbated by COVID, but you know, when, when the President of the United States, when the governor, when lawmakers at local, state, and federal level, anytime they're talking about an issue, that mental health is in that first sentence of issues that they're talking about, that's a really good thing because I don't think it was prior to, prior to COVID. Um, and you've got some really, you know, I kind of want to shift to where Westfield State's going into the future, if you will, kind of the, your goals. I mean, we've talked about them, but I think they're absolutely fascinating. And I, I know the viewers would love to hear these because I think it's remarkable. I think they are remarkable. Sure. <clears throat> There are several things that I've been looking at in terms of the future, and I talk about Westfield State 2030 and beyond, where uh, our university is, is poised, I think, right now to be focused on this place in the Commonwealth. Uh, I talk about the Pioneer Valley, the Connecticut River Valley. How are we seen as an asset to this community to begin to partner with civic leaders, uh, government leaders, the business community to provide the, the services or the, the education that is necessary in order to grow the, uh, the skills and the workforce for the future. I, I see us as being the solution for a lot of the problems that our, that our region is facing. So really paying attention to place. The second thing I really am focused on is how do we begin to use technology to ensure access and success of everyone who wants to go to college. And the, the reason why I, I say this, people have different air, uh, abilities to learn at different points in time. We all have gifts, and how do we bring out those gifts in anyone who chooses to come to our campus? But the, the thing that I've been um, you know, just intrigued with is we can do a better job of teaching people how to do math and science and and doing just-in-time learning and, and using technology to help people to learn. The, the, the other thing is, is developing more of, um, uh, you, you know, uh, what I'm talking, thinking about in terms of pathways, partnering with the local school districts. So we work with the local superintendents to ensure that we have pathways to success for students from high school through to college. One example I've been thinking about or talking a lot about is the healthcare field. People think healthcare is one thing, 
but people in healthcare is really one of our largest employers here and 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 this part of the state with Bay State and all of the other uh, employers people are afraid of math people are afraid of the sciences how do i start in high school to teach people that it's it's not hard it's just that we have to teach it in a different way so creating these pathways from high school to college is what i've been talking about doing and then figuring out a way that we can add college-level courses in high school and even look at the junior and senior year as a way to add college-level cre- credit so when they graduate from high school, they have two years' worth of, of college credit under their, under their belt. Just because we're more intentional, we're using the time in high schools to also provide them with the, the supports they need in order to go to college. But the, the, the thing that I've been doing is going around and talking to business leaders, talking to government officials, talking to superintendents, and saying, let's co-create and redesign the way we are uh, using education in order to create opportunity for everyone who lives in this region. That's my goal, um, Westville 2030, where we are looking at uh, an approach to higher education that everyone has access and everyone can be successful if they choose to come to us. Wow. So, so I guess part of that, and I'm wondering what your thoughts would be on this. So you have, we, we, we kind of have a system set up where at the, really at the K through 12, certainly at the, the high school level and really beyond, there's, there's curriculum. And a lot of times when I, when I go out and I talk to business leaders and folks in the community, it's, well, many of the things that we need to address what we kind of collectively refer to as this skills gap, right? There's not, there's not enough folks that possess the requisite skills to fill these jobs. And it's starting them young. I remember I went to this great lecture, and I forget who it was, and, and the gist of it was that if you're waiting till your junior or senior year of high school to start to expose someone to this subject matter – that ship, in many respects, has already sailed because they might they might not know that they have an interest in it. So, like, kind of the the challenge, or why this is complex to me, is that if you've kind of got this set curriculum, you know, again, not at the higher ed level, but prior to that, where it's businesses are saying we need certain things. This is the skill sets that we need, um, but there's not as much flexibility at the K through 12 level to expose them to some of those ideas um, that it could be not too late, but it's not starting them at the optimal time. So when they get to you folks, they really know this is something they want to do. So it's almost like the rigidity, if you will, of the curriculums and the K through 12 level is something that's been brought to my attention. I'd be interested in your feedback on that. Well, curriculum can be uh, rigid at the at the, you know, at the university level as yeah. well. There's certain things that everyone will need to know how to do. That's to, to, be, to be able to have critical thinking skills, to be able to uh, look at information and be able to uh, determine what's right and wrong. They need to be able to communicate uh, in writing and orally. Those are skills that can start in high school and we can build on them in um, at the university, 
we need people who are able to compute, you know, uh, logical skills of uh, quantitative reasoning. Those are important skills in any discipline that you have. And I always uh, talk about the, you know, a lot of people don't think about the humanities and the liberal arts as being so important, but as you think about critical thinking, as you think about communicating, uh, if you think about uh, how to to begin to understand uh, reasoning, those are all things you learn from from just being able to read and and communicate and talk to people. The other thing I I just want to say, there are... Young people today are going to have 18 different jobs in their lifetime. There are jobs that people are going to have in the future that don't exist today. And so the thing that, we'll, the thing that we want to be able to do with young people is teach them how to learn, unlearn, and learn again mm. because whatever they've learned um, yesterday may not be true tomorrow. Those are the, the, the competencies that you want. You want people to feel... Um, you want people to be able to connect well with other people. You want people to feel confident in their ability to go out and, 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 and talk to anyone. You want, um, you want people to have, uh, you know, I say competence in terms of reading, writing, and being able to have quantitative skills, but those, those ability to have that, that ability to have the right character mm. and the right caring of other people is also important. So it's not just being able to read and write, but you have to have intelligence and, and how to connect with other people, yeah. that emotional intelligence that we have to develop in people as well. So, you know, I always talk about the five C's of a competent person, and, and I kind of went over all of those five C's, but it's, it's, it's more than just being able to sit in a classroom and read. It's really being caring about something outside of yourself, caring about the community where you live, and being able to listen and, and, and engage with people who are not like you, who have differences than, than, uh, in, in the way they've been, been brought up. That's what we need today probably more than, I'm not going to say more than in the past, but it's so critical today because people, uh, people don't, you know, this whole rhetoric around Democrats and Republicans, that's not, you know, all of us have, you know, have, we all want to be able to live and, and raise a family to, to be able to have a job where we, we can have a, a good living, and to worship and play just like everyone. All of us, there's so many more similarities. That is the type of person I want to develop. Those are the competencies that, that I want every student who graduates from our campus to have, as well as being able to know how to write, how to read, how to compute, and go out and get a job. You know, those, I guess, for lack of a better way to describe them, I mean, you just said so much right there that, but trying to unpack it a little bit, I mean, I guess I would refer to many of those skills as almost like soft skills. I mean, just, but, and then what you just said, just to be able to get out of ourself, that's such a critical thing right now um, that we need to, we need to get back to that somehow or other. 
I loved what you just said, and I'd never heard it described this way. And of course, I can't help kind of bring in my politics, if you will, to this. But you know, you say we need to be able to learn, unlearn, and then learn again. That's so fascinating because we there's so many industries where people possess a skill set. It becomes antiquated. Whatever it is, you have to learn it again. And I love what you just said. In fact, the superintendent said that last night in his commencement address that so many jobs of the future, we don't know about them yet. They don't exist yet. Um, so learn, unlearn, and learn again. I'm going to quote you, but I <laughs> promise you I will attribute that to you. Sure. I, I mean, I, I almost – I mean, my next question really would be can I – can I interest you in running for the United States Senate? <laughs> I mean, that, that's really where I want to go with this. But I, I just, President, I can't, you, you are a, a breath of fresh air in so many different ways. I love what you're trying to do. I mean, it almost sounds at the risk of sounding, I don't know, just, it, it's, it's you're, you're trying to leave not only Westfield State University, but the world better than you found it. And, and I think that I think that all of us could strive for that a little bit more. Um, is there anything else we did not cover that you want to go over? I could spend hours talking to you, but is, is there anything, is there any, I get, let me finish with this. If, if there was, you know, there are, there are multiple communities that will see this show and you are the president of Westfield State University for that, for that, for that, for that young person right now, who maybe is a junior in high school, maybe they maybe they're thinking about Westfield State's on their list of schools they're interested. Why why Westfield State? You know, I think that I you know I, I was talking about that earlier. I believe Westfield State is the you know we're affordable, we're similar to a private. We offer programs that are and uh, and areas that are important from healthcare to the performing arts. And I th we've been around since 1839, started by Horace Mann. Mm -hmm. The thing that I love about Westfield is we were started with this humanistic lens to help people learn how to live in a, in a democratic society. We were the first university to admit females and males together. We were one of the first universities to admit people who were ex-slaves. We are uh, a place, I, I keep saying it's a, it's a hidden gym, but I don't want it to be a hidden gym. I want people to know we're here. We are available to, uh, to, to help people to develop. And if you come to us and, and spend time going to school with us, we will help you become the person that you want to be for your future. Couldn't ask for a better closing statement, closing argument than that. President Thompson, it's just truly, I, I for one, can't wait to continue this partnership. I have so enjoyed working with you, um, and, and I'm just really looking forward to being a part of that, to continue the collaboration, and, and I just think keep up the great work. It's making an impact. People are talking all over the Commonwealth about um, the new president of Westfield State. And it's just, I think for many of us, it's a source of enormous pride knowing the direction that the school is going in. So keep up the great work. And I, ha I ask every guest this, if things come up, can we invite you to come back and speak on the show? 
Sure, it would be my pleasure. And I just also love working with you. So thank you for inviting me, and it was my privilege. I appreciate it. Thank you so much. Thank you, everybody.